Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anytime you uh, get anywhere you get your podcasts. Just search the Rob O'Donnell show and you'll be able to find us. Listen when you want to listen to. I heard a, um, got some feedback that a lot of people are doing that. You know, they, they, Working during the day, they're doing things, you know, when they get home, cooking dinner, preparing dinner, talking to their families, they download the podcast, and they listen uh, either the next day or later that night, and I appreciate that. You just search The Rob O'Donnell Show, and you can download the podcast and listen when you want to listen. But, of course, I love you guys when you listen live, interact with the show each and every day. It's Friday, September 15th, 2023, 69 degrees and sunny out there. It's almost uh, 310, just about 310 here in the studio in Pittston. I hope you have a great weekend planned. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have a unique shipping needs. Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com, and I appreciate them for sponsoring the show today. Well, a lot going on. The... Uh, the auto workers have gone on strike. It's not a full strike. They're calling it a targeted strike. And um, there's a few thousand out of the, the 150,000 that are on. I think about 20,000 are on strike. And uh, it's affecting all three major automakers here in America, which is uh, the first time in a long time that that's happened. They are out on the picket lines. There's been uh, the president spoke from the podium, really didn't get too involved but we talked about it yesterday. You know, where do you stand on this, uh, this strike? Yes, I believe workers deserve better pay. They are contributing to these companies making money, and they should partake in that. But is a 40 to 46% raise, 46% compounded, uh, the benefits increases that they want, that they are seeking, and reduction from a 40-hour to a 32-hour work week getting full pay, is that a bit much? I understand that's their side of the offer. That's the the offer counteroffer thing. I understand they're high. Auto companies are low. I saw, let me see if I could find it. I saw the most recent offers. GM and Ford offered 20% raise and Stellantis, which is Jeep, uh, formerly Fiat Chrysler, offered a 17.5% raise. The targeted strike where it's only limited employees at their most profitable plants, which at this point I know it's the Ford F-150 plant, and I'm sure it's similar to the Chevy truck plants and uh, the Jeep plants because they're all popular brands. Interesting how they're not uh, boycotting the electric vehicle plants because uh, I guess they're not that popular. There's a lot of blame going on, but I saw this statement that came out today from the CEO of the U.S. Chamber of Congress. And, uh, you know, Joe Biden has billed himself as Union Joe. But both the union president, the UAW union president, did not speak very highly of Joe Biden. And Susan P. Clark, the president and CEO of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, uh, was pretty critical of President Joe Biden. I'll read you the statement that she put out today for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. 
The following statement can be attributed to Susan P. Clark, President and CEO of U.S. Chamber of Commerce. The decision by the United Auto Workers to initiate a strike will have far-reaching negative consequences for our economy. For the American workers directly employed by the Detroit Three, their suppliers and dealers, as well as the thousands of small businesses and families whose livelihoods will also be put at risk. The UAW strike is indeed the summer of strikes, is the natural result of the Biden administration's whole of government approach to promoting unionization at all costs. For the 94% of Americans, private sector workers not in a union, the costs are starting to stack up from increasing consumer costs, now for new cars, to sudden loss in business for those in related industries like auto suppliers, restaurants, caterers whose customers are now on strike. As we have seen in new and proposed rules, it is no wonder unions feel emboldened when they see the Biden administration declaring that unions don't actually have to win an election to be recognized, that those in management should be muzzled if they oppose unionization, and that preference in for government grants and tax credits will go to shops that are unionized. The chamber urges the UAW to call off the strike and get back to the negotiation table. We will continue to stand up for American job creators and their millions of non-unionized workers and against the administration's overly aggressive pro-union agenda. That's coming from the U.S. Chamber of Congress. Again, you know, it looks like... Uh, this is going to cause a domino effect throughout our economy. Again, it's targeted. Um, this article here says 13,000 U.S. auto workers. I heard as many as 20, and it's going to be rotating. It's, it's not of a standard number or a standard place of strike. This is what they're going to call rolling strikes, where they're going to hit the, the automakers where they think it hurts the most. Um, and... That's what they do. This is the first time in the union's 88-year history that all three companies were targeted simultaneously. And the workers' actions received support from President Joe Biden, who dispatched aides to Detroit to help resolve the impasse and said the big three automakers should share their record profits. Basically, the Joe Biden administration has told the big three automakers, increase your offers. And I was watching... Many people, many economists and everything in, the, in the, the news today talking about this and saying, well, you saw the UPS truck drivers, you know, 30%, 40% increase. The, the UAW sees this and says, well, we want the same or we'll shut things down. And this is not a time to do this. I understand that that's their leverage. But in this day and age when everything's costing much, is the Biden administration, is the UAW working against themselves? Like I said, the auto companies have offered between twenty, between 17.5 and 20%. Those are the two offers from the three companies. That doesn't go as far as it did five years ago, ten years ago. They've given back a lot of these things that they're looking to gain back. These unions negotiated where they're at now in the past. They sold out their newer employees to a tiered wage system. They gave up their defined benefit pension system for a 401k type system in the past. 
And now they're turning around and they're saying, well, we want all that back. Not only do we want all that back, but we want a 40% increase. We want a defined benefit package back. And we want a 32-hour work week back. Well, we want a 32, not back. Now, the auto workers, the auto unions are saying that only 4 to 5% of a cost of a vehicle comes for, from labor. But a strike like this increases everything. It stops. The prices of vehicles at our dealers will shortly be even higher. I mean, this last vehicle I bought during COVID was the first time ever I paid manufactured stickered price for a vehicle. Usually you have that wiggle room, and it was basically, hey, you don't buy it, somebody else is going to buy it, we only have two on the lot. If you want the truck, this is what you're paying for it. And that time, that day and age, that's what I chose to do. That was my choice to walk away. I didn't have to buy a new truck, but I wanted one. But it was the first time ever, and you've seen some of these trucks come out, some of these vehicles come out, where people are paying over sticker price. You know, a lot of companies got in trouble. A lot of dealers got in trouble because they were going way over the sticker price when the new Ford Broncos and and new vehicles came out. We've seen it with the used auto prices to where cars are just extraordinary high. It started to come down, but now they're going to start going back up because newer cars are going to be harder to come by and more expensive to come by, which is going to increase the demand for used cars, which is going to increase the cost of used cars, which is going to increase the cost to you and I, the consumers. All the infrastructure around these car companies, all the infrastructure around their families. Now, the union does say they have uh, just under $900 million strike fund that their targeted strikes of only 15 to 20,000 members instead of their whole 140, 150,000 members will save them money. Yeah, the limited strikes will stretch the union's $825 million strike fund, which would run dry in about 11 weeks if all workers walked out. Strikes at other plants may begin if automakers don't budge, their president said. Carlos, who has worked at Ford for the past 35 years and was employed by GM for 11 years before that, says he likes the new strategy of simultaneously yet targeted strikes. It keeps the strike fund lasting longer, said Carlos, who was out on the picket line before the sun came up. They walked out at midnight last night. As soon as the midnight bell rang at the plants, they walked out. Is this a bad time for this? It is. It is. Our economy is going to suffer. Gas prices are high. And now you have vehicle prices, which we're just starting to recover. Just in the past year and a half, maybe two years post-COVID, You know, they started getting back to normal. Supplies of vehicles started catching up. We all drove by car dealers, you know, pre-during COVID. They were empty. They were barren. And what, with 30%, 40% increase in used car prices? Is this something we can afford with everything else costing more now? Hopefully, this comes to an agreement. But again, the bargaining table is where that is. And as of now, they're not even talking. Biden talks a good game. He has dispatched people there, but either side, again, is still not talking. And that's where this gets worked out. But we've become a society of sides that don't talk. Look at our government. They talk about all the time, this one doesn't do that, this one doesn't do that, this. 
but yet they fail to sit down in the room and try and work it out. They just want to point fingers and blame at each other, and I'm afraid that private industry, unionized workers are doing the same thing. They are taking the lead of government, which in the end fails the people, fails you or I, which these union workers are, and their family members are. They're us. They're voters. They are buying groceries. They are living their day-to-day or trying to live our day-to-day lives as peaceful as possible without all this rhetoric. But are they reaching too far? And I asked the question yesterday, and I support them standing up for an increased wage. I support them looking for a little more back because they did give their recessions when things were tough for these car companies. They gave up, I said, the tiered system of pay. They gave up their defined benefit pension, where most companies are going that direction. So is it even realistic to go back to a defined benefit pension when most companies in this day and age are going to a 401k or a shared type system? And then you throw in the, the wrench of the 40-hour to 32-hour work week. I mean, that's something everybody would love. But is it realistic, especially in a company like that, which it sometimes, due to manufacturing, goes to three shifts? Be interesting. And if they do get it, it'll be even more interesting how that goes down, how that domino effect happens. It's 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is 326 here at the station, 69 degrees and sunny outside. It's time for Rob's Rundown on this Friday, September 15th, 2023. There are stories that are happening in our atmosphere. We're not really going to get into them in depth during the show, but they're happening, so we should be aware of them. Pennsylvania unemployment is below the national average. That's always a good thing. Sugarloaf Elementary closes due to a robbery in the area. Precaution. Precautionary lockdown there. Pittston Area School District hires a substitute vice principal. City of Scranton is offering assistance for flood victims in pop-up town halls. The trolley museum will be closed on Saturday. The... uh, NHTSA and the Pennsylvania State Police work together for Child Passenger Safety Week. It's always a great thing in advisory time of year. Hurricane Lee is heading up to the New England area and up into Canada, so they're on alert for that. A vehicle and park ranger uniform stolen from the Steamtown site. That could be uh, dangerous. The COVID vaccine makes some flu season vaccine getters shy about getting the vaccine. What's your take on that? And that's it for Rob's rundown on this Friday, September 15th, 2023. Um, and, and I do get that because I've, I've often annually for years have gotten the flu vaccine. And I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want to get it this year with everything that's happened with the past vaccine that I got. But... We'll see. You know, it's going to be, a, I think, a spur-of-the-moment decision for me. But I get when, it, when I read a couple times that people are hesitant to go out and get their flu vaccine, which, you know, I've gotten it every year. But I, I see that now because I'm like, I don't know. So uh, when I read it, I figured, let me pass it along to you guys. Got a lot of text messages on the United Auto Workers, and it's kind of broken. Most people agree that they are asking for uh, 
they're asking for a lot, but a lot of texters, I'd say four, five, six texters here, said uh, the reason the auto workers are looking for a 40% increase over the length of their contract is because the automaker executives have received 40% or more over the past five years. The auto workers deserve no less if we're going to look at salaries. I disagree there. You're talking apples and oranges. I mean, if a doctor of a hospital gets a certain percentage increase, does the orderly deserve that same increase, that same percentage increase based on responsibility, based on the job they do? It's different jobs. You cannot say, you cannot go there. It's different. You know, and I've seen it firsthand. You're talking totally different work. You're talking totally different responsibility. You're talking totally different skill set. You're talking uh, totally different issues. Uh, So, no, I don't think a CEO of a company's percentage increase or bonus or whatever that is should be tied to the line workers in a factory. It's if if you look at the, it sounds good, and and I understand that's a talking point of a lot of um, representatives out there. Matter of fact, I took uh, Alexandria Castro Cortez to task on just that when she said that you know CEOs increases are are far outperforming their workers increases, and I says, well, what about your you as representatives or senators, your salary? as opposed to the median income in your community. I mean, our representatives and senators here in Pennsylvania get just under $200,000 plus per team, plus bonuses, plus everything else they get. And they get their their stipend to cover two residences and their offices and everything else. Now, I understand a lot of that goes to the offices, but they also get personal. Their meals are covered. Their travel's covered, everything like that. So you say when all said and done, they get about $250,000, $280,000. Well, the median income here in Pennsylvania is, what, 53, 52? So what are they, five, six times the median income in Pennsylvania? And there are representatives. That's government. Now, if you're a CEO of a company, you have that much more responsibility. Listen, I I came back here to Northeast Pennsylvania. I gave up well over six-figure job to come here and work here because this is what I want to do because I was tired of having that 24-7, 365-day responsibility and anxiety of dealing with it every day. You know, I'm at the point in my life where I want to sit back and do something I enjoyed, not something for money, not something because I had to do it. Now, I could easily go back to doing that, but do I want to? And no, my health's a lot better. I feel a lot better. My mental, my, my place in, in my mental state is a lot better. I'm enjoying myself more. I'm enjoying my family more. Then I was working, working all the time. Yeah, a lot of money sounds good, but when you're doing everything that it entails to make that. No, it doesn't. I mean, you can look at these guys and say, what do they do? They sit in an office. They make decisions a lot. No, they have a lot of responsibility on their minds. They have a lot of things. And you can go to the auto workers. Yes, I, I love our, our, our auto workers. I, I, would, I wish American automakers would make the great cars we made again. But is there a reason why, if you look at the cars in this world, the best vehicles are not made by Auto workers, union, unionized auto workers? We could. To, we, we could in a week. We design the best. We have the best. We do the best. But they just, I, I said yesterday, you know, I, I was an American car. That's all I bought until the past couple of years because they cannot keep up with the warranty. They cannot, and, and even if the cars aren't as sturdy, aren't as good, if they're fixing it for free and I haven't had an issue with any of them, as of yet, I said that the, you, the American Auto Three, the big three, 
are taking themselves out of the market by not moving their 36,000-mile, three-year, 36,000-mile warranty or five-year, whatever warranty. I mean, they finally just increased their powertrain. But no, I, I don't think that the percentage increase for those with that much more responsibility, that's much more, should be the same percentage as your assembly line worker. I, I just disagree there. I, now, I, I, I agree that they deserve raises. I, deserve, I agree they should deserve good raises. And that's to be negotiated. Remember, these same auto workers, their union, negotiated the things they're fighting for now away. So there's no one else to blame but them. And I understand times were tough and everyone made decisions to give back. And the auto workers gave back a lot. And they should get some of that back. But are they being reasonable with everything they're asking? Especially at a time where we're all hurting. It's 3.33 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 3.39, 69 degrees and sunny. The text messages keep rolling in. Uh, if you guys want to call in, call in at 570-883-0098. Um, you, when I talked about the quality of the cars that American makers, I'm not talking about the union workers. They obviously don't design the car. They build the car. I'm talking about the car companies as a whole. I wish Ford would do better. I wish Chevy would do better. I wish... Um, whatever the name of this new Jeep and what Chrysler used to be is, would do better. I think they should keep up with the standard for other car companies that are coming in here, giving us other options. Again, I would love to stick with American cars, but when other car companies are having five-year, 100,000-mile warranties or lifetime warranties on things, seven-year lifetime warranties on powertrains, and you're still offering a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. Again, that's not the auto workers. That's the company as a whole. I have an issue with that. And it steered me away. Like I said, I've bought three Hondas in the past two years. Each one has been great. Now I have my Ford F-150, which I love. I wish they would do better because I'm already out of warranty on my F-150. And it's my, new, it's my newest car out of the four that I own. Now, somebody brought up a good point. Now, if you want to tie your assembly line workers, your United Auto workers, to the CEOs and executives of a company, that goes both ways. CEOs and executives of companies are performance-based. Their salary, their bonuses are all performance-based. So if, you're, if you want to go down that road, if you want to open up that door, is the UAW willing to have performance-based pay? Where if the car company loses money that quarter, everyone takes a pay cut. So there's give and take here. And again, a CEO, an executive of these companies takes on that responsibility. Their job is to make sure the car company builds good cars and makes a profit. That's the company's job. And there's a lot that's entailed there. Where an auto worker's job is simply that, doing what they do on that assembly line, whatever it be. And there are technical, I mean, things there that I couldn't do. I'm not demeaning what they do at all, especially with how advanced these cars come with their electronics and everything like that. But if you want to go down that road and say, okay, well, a CEO who's taking on all this risk and all this responsibility, percentage should be tied to the same as the assembly line worker that's putting things together car after car. Is, are you willing to go the other way now, too? The company took a loss. Uh, the economy crashed. The economy goes bad. We, we, the, you know, we're not selling cars anymore. Everybody takes pay cut. 
Everybody's got to take a big pay cut. And I'm saying they deserve a raise. It's just, are they asking for too much and are they going about it the wrong way? Let me get to the the phones now. We have uh, Wayne from Einan on the cost of cars. Wayne. How are you, Rob? You're doing a wonderful job as usual. Thank you. I went out today, okay, because my wife's car runs up. The lease runs up in March. Okay, I went down to the Chevy dealer to find out. We have a Chevy Trailblazer, okay, and pricing it out it, for the three years that we, it's, it's like eighty nine hundred dollars to ninety two hundred dollars, depending on the option you want to put in, or ninety three hundred, more than it was three years ago, okay, and with the payments being the interest added into it, okay, you're you're up around five twenty rather than three eighty where we were with the payments, okay. So what I'm saying is, and we're we're not in a poor bracket, believe me, we're not millionaires, but you know, we're, we're up in the 80-some thousand bracket. So uh, I'm just saying these prices are getting a little bit out of range for the average person, okay, as far as the, you know, being added more money on to add to it all the time. Okay, and also I found out that the Trailblazer is made in Mexico. Most of it is made in Mexico. A, a lot of them are. I mean, most of my Ford F-150 was made in Mexico. It was assembled here, where my one of my Hondas is the opposite. Most of the parts were made out of the country, but it was assembled here. So <laughs> it, it goes yeah. both ways. And listen, I, I, I love my American-made cars. I have— Oh, I, me too. I, I've always bought them. I have in my Ford F-150. Yep. I have an 81 Corvette that I've just given to mm-hmm. my son. Um, yep. You know, we, we, we have the ability to make the best here ever. And I just think we fall short of that. And again, that's not the auto workers issue. That's the the companies as a whole issue. I think we could make bulletproof cars that last and get great gas mileage. We just don't do it because we're, you know, for politics reasons and all the reasons that they don't do these things. I'm just saying, I think the price is getting out of it. Like you said, our area here is 53,000. Yeah, and, and that's the cost of everything. Are and, out of range yeah, it is. For the people in, here, in this area here, it, it really is. It is, and used car prices are getting there as well, even faster. Wayne, I appreciate your call. You have a great weekend. You too, Rob. Have a good one. Thank you. It's uh, 344 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It's 348 here at the station, 71 degrees and sunny. Um, you know, listen, if, if you're intent on supporting the auto workers and saying they deserve the same percentage of increase as the CEO of the company, um, have at it. Uh, I just don't think that's realistic. I don't think it's responsible. I think you're talking about different things here. Um, you know, somebody just said that the, one of the news stations reported that the average salary, and again, I know there's tiered systems near, but the average salary of your auto worker is $55 an hour, is a 40% raise, 46% compounded. Um a little ridiculous. And if you don't think it is, okay, are you willing to pay five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars more for a vehicle, a new vehicle? Because that's the that's the other side of that. The cost of the vehicle as a whole, plus the profit, plus transport, plus dealer fees and everything else, we, we know how this works, is gonna get passed to us. So if you want to sit there and say, absolutely, I think we uh these auto workers deserve their 40% raise. I deserve. I think they deserve a 32-hour work week, and they should get that because the CEOs make millions of dollars running these billion-dollar companies, and the person on the assembly line is not getting the benefit of that. Okay, now follow that through. Your car is going to cost 
more. And not only is it going to cost more because it costs more to make, there's going to be less of them because they're all working low, a lower work week. It's not like, okay, we're going to work 32 hours, and then we're going to hire other people to take that other eight hours shifts for everybody. There's just going to be less because they want the same money. So now you're getting a 40% increase plus working eight hours less. They're either going to two, – there's two options there. We spend even more money to hire more people to make up that eight hours for everybody per shift. So – 24 hours. Or we're going to increase the cost to everybody or make less. What do you think is going to happen there? And it's just following it through. So um, I'm all for them getting their fair share. But I'm not all for CEOs make X amount of dollars and and the, the, the person at the lowest end of that should make the same percentage increase if they get that. That's not how it works. That's not how anything works. I, I shouldn't get the same salary as the CEO of Odyssey. That's just not the way it works. I come in and I do a radio show. Yes, I, I, I do a lot of preparation. I, I put a lot into it. But I'm not the CEO of Odyssey worrying about everything that he worries about, doing everything that he's doing, sitting down with all these different divisions and making these decisions that affect hundreds of thousands of people. Nor do I want that responsibility. And I can guarantee you your assembly line auto worker, after he punches out and goes home, doesn't want that responsibility either. But one of the reasons I don't do what I did anymore is because I was tired of having that 24-7, 365-day responsibility where my phone was going off at 4 in the morning, 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning. I would just sit down for dinner with someone, and my phone's going off that I have to return to work because there's a crisis. There's people who do that. I did that for a long time. I don't want to do that anymore. And you have to pay somebody to do that. And that's not the same as working your eight hours, going home and not have to worry about till you punch in the next day. There's a huge difference there. And a lot of people, I would say the majority of the people listening right now, when you're done with work, you have very little responsibility to the next day you're back at work. Unless you own the business, unless you run the business, unless you're a manager at the business responsible for other people, and then your responsibility grows. That's why managers get more money. Because when you're home at 9 o'clock at night and someone's calling off sick the next day and they're calling you and now you have to worry about how do I replace this person, who am I getting, what am I doing, or if someone's quitting or you have to hire someone and you're, you're filling these, there's more responsibility there. More responsibility means more pay. That's just the way it works. So that's just my opinion. I hope you can, can uh, what's the word I'm looking for, relate to what I'm saying. And if you don't, that's fine. If you think that they deserve 32-hour work week, 40, 40, 46% increase, then you're okay with paying six to $10,000 more for a car. And if you are, that's fine. But I'm not for this equity in making. You know, there's people who are executives. There's people who are not. That's the way society's built. There are heads of things and there are not. Work harder and you could become the heads of things. I grew up poor with my family. Both myself and my two brothers are doing very successful in our lives. My kids are doing very successful in their lives. Their kids are doing very successful in their lives. And we grew up very poor. There is that opportunity here. Not for everybody, but a lot of it's self-made. 
There are people who just inherit things. They are lucky. They get things. I get that. But the promise to flourish and become wealthy in America is the opportunity to do it. Not that it's guaranteed. Not that it happens. Let's go uh, to uh, Joe from Berwick on CEO Profits. Joe. Uh, hello, Rob. You know, I'm going to mention something which, uh, unfortunately, a good portion of Americans simply can't get because it involves too much deep thinking. But I got about 40 seconds, Joe, complain. so you're going to have to do it quick. Okay. Why aren't people concerned about the price that's built in the products when you see how much corporations donate to politicians? Okay, all the millions that get donated means you're paying that. That's part of the price built in the products that they pay so much to fund political campaigns. And that, to me, is a real problem, just as big as a problem as what you're paying CEOs. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I think... I just think we take a raw deal. Uh, we take a, a we've, we've been tainted when it comes to CEOs and executives of company thinking they're privileged to, to do the things they do. And I, I think they actually have the responsibility to do the things they do. Joe, I appreciate your call. It's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. Back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. Uh, I appreciate all the text messaging. And, and, and you know, I, I think most of us are all on the same page as far as, yes, our auto workers and, and all workers out there are participating in the economy deserve better. They deserve more. But are their demands too unrealistic this day and age with what we're all going through? And I understand they're going through it as well. But this is a commodity that we all use, that we all have, these cars. And um, America runs on its vehicles. It's just as simple as that. Unless you live in the, the, the cities where there's the, you know, the transportation where, you know, I know very few people now who have gone through life without cars. When I lived in New York City, there were quite a few to this day that still don't have cars. They're able to do that. I wish them the best in their negotiations, but this is exactly what this should be, negotiations. And uh, them striking and not talking is not doing that. There's always common ground that could be found, and I think they should be sitting down finding that. It's 4 o'clock here at the Rob O'Donnell Show. We'll be back.